Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, a Franciscan missionary, Father Duretto, foils the Chinese Communist military with his bomb shelters and good works on Komoi Island, just four and a half miles off the Chinese mainland. Stay tuned for the daily regiment of Father Bernard Duretto on another Stories from the Heart. The Continuing Battle of Komoi Father Bernard Duretto is a gaunt-faced Franciscan with a scraggy gray beard. His habit is faded old GI khakis and heavy combat boots. His brown eyes flash fire. Father Duretto lives on Komoi Island, just four and a half miles off the Red China mainland. He is as close as he can get to the communists. That's the way the tough little priest likes it. During the shelling of 1958, almost half a million enemy rounds made Komoi the most heavily bombarded piece of real estate in the world. A blast caught Father Duretto in the open and knocked him unconscious. Father Duretto was a physician and also something of an engineer. With his own hands, he built a tiny hospital behind the chapel. Many of his patients were turned away from the overcrowded Komoi City Hospital. On a typical Sunday, he offers three Masses, preaches two sermons, sees 15 patients who came to the mission, treats four others out of the neighboring villages, worked on a pump that promised eventually to provide the mission with running water, drives parishioners home before a threatened evening shelling began, and sees to it that the patients who lived at the mission were safely in the bomb shelters, which he called the catacombs. Only then does Father Duretto prepare a meager meal of boiled rice and green beans for his supper. This his only meal of the day is all his body can tolerate since his prison illness. Now if the chapel bears more resemblance to a concrete pillbox than a religious sanctuary, Father Duretto has no apologies. This is the frontline position in his personal war with tyranny. As his only concession to the communist shellings, he carries an old helmet pressed on him by American soldiers. Otherwise he defies the shell fire just as he defied communist terror in the secret police prison cell. During World War II, he remained behind Japanese lines with the guerrillas all through the war. He cared for American flyers who bailed out of their planes over his territory and buried carefully marked graves those who were killed. With the Japanese surrender, Father Duretto returned to his old 500-bed hospital in Luoyang in Hunan province. Then, the communists came to power. Father Duretto knew it was only a matter of time before they came for him Probably because so many communist officials were patients at his charity hospital, he was allowed to remain free for almost two years. Warned that police were coming, he quickly burned a commendation he received from the U.S. Department of State for wartime services. The embers were still hot when armed communist officers stomped into his office and placed him under arrest. That was March 17, 1951. The secret police threw him into a narrow, low cell 
large enough for him to sit in. A bright light directed at his eyes flashed on or off constantly, making normal sleep impossible. A few bits of rice in a bowl of salty water was his only nourishment. About a week after his arrest, Father Director was taken from his cell to face a court within the prison. He was forced to squat on a low bench before his accusers, while one guard kept a bayonet at his chest and another held a rifle at his back. The so-called judge informed the prisoner that he was an enemy of the state, as being shot for being the leader of all guerrilla forces in central China. Today, Father Dretto talks of his ordeal with wry humor. To hear them talk, you would think I was really important. Imagine me, head of thousands of guerrillas. But it was not funny, he said. I was in the hands of the devil that day. All that was necessary to end the imprisonment forever was his signature on a prepared confession. The Chinese shouted and threatened to send him to the execution wall then and there, but he would not admit a single crime. During the next two months, Father Director did not see or talk to another person. His dungeon was kept in perpetual darkness, except for the incessant flashing on and off and the blinding light in his eyes. A second trial followed a solitary confinement, then another, then another. I was scared, of course, he said. Who wouldn't be? But after a while, I was also happy. You know why? Because I was close to God. What I had read in the Bible, I saw come true. It is written, When you are sick unto death, I will give you strength. And it happened. I was sick and frightened. Yet when I was taken out to stand trial, I somehow had the strength to ignore them. And each time I did, the communists lost faith. One trial lasted 28 hours. During it, Father Director was denied food and water and was made to squat until every breath made twisting pain. The marathon trials continued for eight months. Finally, the communists had enough. Father Duretto was again officially condemned to death and taken to the capital city of Changsha for the public trial that in communist regimes follows the sentence and precedes the execution. The city had seen prisoners moving toward their doom before, but this time it was different. In the center of the soldiers was a doctor who had healed thousands of people, some who watched over their lives to him. The city fell strangely silent. The party reached the square and the trial began. The script called for the people to be incensed as the details of the crimes were described by officials. There were supposed to be cries of outrage and demands for the priest's life, but something went wrong. No one took up the cry for blood. No one moved. No one spoke. The communists harangued in anger, then in fear. This is the white devil who killed your loved ones who murdered your babies. He is the one who conspired to destroy our glorious people's democracy with his lies and his black incantations. He must die. You must condemn him to pay for his crimes. Still, the crowd remained silent. That night, a delegation of citizens brought a petition to the officials. It asked for clemency for Father Duretto. The priest believes that that petition, which bore the names of thousands of people of Hunan, saved his life. Whatever the reason, he was given a stay of execution and banished from China. The next night, he was put aboard a train with a guard of nine officers and sent on via Canton to the Hong Kong border. In a Hong Kong hospital, physicians found that he suffered from beriberi, acute malnutrition, and chronic dysentery. His black beard and hair was turned white. When he was arrested, he weighed 180 pounds. The figure lying in the hospital weighed only 69 pounds. 
It was two months before he was well enough to leave the hospital. His superiors arranged for him to return to his home in Marseille, France, and then to visit Rome. He refused to accept the leave. From what does a man of God take a vacation, he asked. Those people there in China saved my life. They are my family and need help. You don't deserve those you love. Because times are difficult, I stay here. About this time, he heard about a need for a missionary to work on Kwamoi, a little island across the Taiwan Straits. There were no foreigners living on the island. It was inhabited only by 45,000 poor Chinese farmers and a garrison of soldiers digging in against a feared repeat of the 1949 invasion attempt. On Christmas Day, 1954, an old landing craft drew alongside the island and put the frail-looking man ashore. With him, Father Duretto brought thousands of American-donated relief parcels containing rice, meat, and cooking oil. In addition, he brought something else the island needed just as badly, proof that it was not forgotten by the people of the free world. In the months that followed, the sight of the irrepressible priest became a familiar one as he chugged around the island on his motorbike and later a battered jeep. When U.S. military assistance advisory teams were assigned to help the Chinese use American arms, Father Duretto became their unofficial chaplain and advisor on all things Chinese. The GIs discovered that the friar was a past master in the art of scrounging supplies. After an exchange of artillery fire, he bustled around collecting the empty shell cases. Now what does the missionary want with empty shell cases? Cut off the bottoms and make drain pipes out of them, of course. Why buy piping when he can get it free, he asks. Brown beer bottles from the Chinese army canteens edge his garden. Liquor bottles from the American club do double duty. They hold the sacramental wine, which Father Giretto presses himself, and they serve as candlestick holders. High point in his scrounging came when he got word that there was to be a salvage sale at U.S. Marine Equipment in Okinawa. His eyes sparkled at the thought of all those interesting things. Somehow he wrangled a ride by plane to Okinawa. Just as the junkyard opened to bidders, he turned up. Busily he climbed mountains of cast-off gear, happily tagging this piece of old mattress and that pot of rusty cots. He found a gasoline generator and was guaranteed not to work. And the prize of them all, a jeep! When the tickets were turned into the supply officer, however, there was bad news. The bill came to around $3,000. Father Giretto had less than half that amount. A Marine sergeant saw the disappointment that crossed his thin face. Say, Father, he said, it takes a while to figure up these things. Why don't you have a cup of coffee while we do the paperwork? Without enthusiasm, Father Giretto walked slowly to the mess hall. An hour later, a young corporal came trotting over to bring him back to the supply dump. Well, I think I found some mistakes here, beamed the Marine sergeant. This jeep you got is pretty bad shape. Somebody goofed on setting the price. It was supposed to be just $400. And it was just payday. And the boys had some spare cash. So they kind of got up a collection that'll cover all the rest of the stuff you got. So I think the final total comes out exactly to, ah, uh, whatever you have, Father. Real coincidence, eh? Kumoy has a habit of fading in and out of the news. When there's a major shelling and people die, the outside world suddenly remembers that there is a real shoot war going on. Politicians still debate if it's worth fighting for. To Bernard Giretto, there is no question about it. I must say here, this place needs somebody, not necessarily me, 
but somebody. And since no one else is here, then it's my duty to God and to these people to say. I found a picture of Father Director taken in 2007. He was then 98 years old and still going strong. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story, The Continuing Battle of Quamoy, was written by Norman Sklarowitz and published in Catholic Digest magazine. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed the show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.